Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week, Creator reveals mysteries of occult and religious symbols. You know, Carl, we are surrounded by symbols of all kinds, and people, you know, walk through life every day and encounter them on their boxes in the sh- in the <laughs> in their cupboard, on driving along billboards, how you know, logos everywhere. Then they go into church, they see all kinds of stuff. We're surrounded by symbology everywhere, and yet most people don't know what it means. Well, sometimes it doesn't mean anything except we need a catchy, a, a catchy little uh, symbol that is pleasing to the eye. But there are other things that go deeper. We have our own symbol, forget wisdom, our corporate logo, if you will, and it's arguably an angel wing. It's not like a traditional angelic wing that Rubens or one of the great artists would paint, but it's there to suggest an association with something lofty. But there are many symbols that have a darker side to them, and even some of the ones that have been adopted by religions have a kind of corrupt edge to it or a a dual purpose. So we want to help clarify this a bit for folks. Indeed. U.S. Creator, we are surrounded by symbols everywhere on our money, embedded in corporate logos, stained glass windows and churches, military insignia, and on and on and on. Most people don't know their origins or purpose. They're so ubiquitous, yet so many people are ignorant about them. What is their real purpose? All right, and these are the words I channeled from Creator in answer to the question. There are, of course, many underlying purposes and intentions involved in the broad array of the general category of symbols. This is a product of intelligence in wanting a shorthand way to communicate a message of some kind. So as many precedents throughout history in using symbols derived from artistic inspiration and expression to provide a visual summary or representation of an idea, perhaps a formal group comprised of individuals working in concert for a common goal. So you see these in the commercial sector, you see it in the entertainment world, you see it in academia, and you see it in religion, and you see it in government as well. Not surprisingly, when institutions become corrupted and turn to dark purposes, the symbols representing them and their efforts begin to carry within them a link to those dark agendas and the dark outcomes they generate. The symbols then have a tie culturally to the dark deeds of their creators. This awareness becomes imprinted on the subconscious mind, and it is also incorporated in some instances in the summary of life events people accumulate within the Akashic records. Their symbols, just like their words and deeds, are bound energetically together and part of the record of all that happens and is linked inextricably to the energetic signature that summarizes the karmic implications whether divine or evil or neutral, with respect to the consequences of the energy launched into the universe. As a consequence, the deep subconscious of humans living in the moment 
when seeing a symbol depicted, we'll often reference its origin by looking through the Akashic records to gain an understanding of past associations. They may, in fact, even have an inner intuitive awareness that symbol is linked to them in some regard. If there are past associations with a group it represents, either involved with the workings of that group or the consequences on others, perhaps as a victim. Seeing such symbols as one is out and about, engaged with life, can therefore open up karmic links to the past and create inner tension and fear depending on the history of the particular symbol and one's involvement with its meaning and consequences. This then is a way of conveying not only meaning, but in some cases, projecting power in the form of showing solidarity, showing the continued presence of the influence of the originators in the particular symbol, as well as projecting a reminder of the power held by an originating group or organization behind a symbol. And if it is one to be feared by the average person, that may well register within the deep subconscious of many people without a conscious awareness at all. This has happened. And there is meaning perceived and emotions generated as a consequence. The emotions will be felt by the individual at all levels of their being, but without a conscious awareness of the origin of the anxiety, for example. But in the context of an environment where such symbols are displayed, the person will get the message through a feeling of disquiet and inner turmoil emotionally that there is something sinister or something to be avoided or something to be respected and perhaps feared in seeing certain symbols displayed. So this can have a powerful influence subliminally by having the symbols present. And this is quite true of many that are used within the government that connote power and the true hidden power of the cabal truly running the world. This is not an accident. It is intentional to have the symbols noticed and people getting the message. We are still here. We are still in charge. And you are being watched. This has cultural significance. But beyond that is a constant reminder that humans have limited power and influence. There are powers that be behind the scenes who are truly in charge and may be a risk to one's safety and survival if rules are not followed. This channeling is incredibly revealing and uh, really underscores you know, a suspicion I've had because I've studied this topic a lot in, throughout my life. That uh, there's something more than just, you know, the broad visual appeal of the symbol, that there's an underlying energetic connection that not everybody feels equally, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's really described here pretty emphatically. Well, and symbols, you know, are kind of uh, relative to your own awareness to yes. some extent. So some are viewed in one way by those who kind of come along and are newbies in terms of the culture, but another way by those who have a deeper history. And so you can argue this back and forth, and it all sounds in the end kind of like a conspiracy theory. But there's many, many examples of this. Whole books have been written about this. There's a car maker who has a logo that, swear to God, looks like a reptilian being swallowing a human. Yes, 
you know, that's their logo. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I have no idea what the origin is. That's but Aston I also Martin, know I that those things yeah. can be impulsed into human beings and cause them to do things just like that as kind of an inside joke. Yes. You know, you look at the Lincoln Memorial and the the grand chair that Lincoln is sitting on, the very front of the chair has these symbols running down both sides that some say is a fascist symbol. Right. Now, what's that doing associated with Abraham Lincoln? Well, good question. You know, so <laughs> I'm just throwing this out there. This is food for thought. You know, don't go nuts on us. You know, we're, we're just viewing the passing scene. We're not experts in symbology, but there are many disturbing things. There are bizarre things that seem to have no rhyme or reason, but they do have a deep history, and it's not pretty. No, no, it's not. U.S. creator, Washington, D.C. has a cult symbology, like the owl, designed into the street layout of the city itself. What purpose does this serve? All right, here we go. Creator says, this is sometimes a kind of inside joke, because the powers that be know they can put themselves on display indirectly in such a fashion, and the population as a whole will not understand the larger meaning. So, in effect, they are getting away with flaunting their superior status in a way that is still keeping their secrets, but at the same time being a subliminal message to reinforce their dominance in making people wary. Done again and again and again, in all manner of symbols used both within the corporate sector and especially within government because the governments are quite closely controlled and run by the hidden cabal. So they have a tight grip on humanity and its doings and can manipulate people through their governments, as this is set up by them to provide the hierarchy of power, making that possible. Concentrating power in the hands of government, often backed by a strong military, makes the individual essentially powerless, and that is intentional. The government creates many symbols, as do military and intelligence organizations, which are drawn from artwork that has hidden meanings. And this is present all through things like official stationery, the official seals used by government agencies, displays of symbols on public buildings, as well as on the currency. These have deep and dark meanings, but are on public display. This is no accident. It is not a conspiracy theory to make a connection between such symbols and the deeper and darker meanings they convey. It is quite real, but most people are unaware of this and give it no thought. That does not mean that their deep subconscious is failing to make a connection and being on guard. You know, when we're, we're conveying these truths, we're, we're always trying to tie it into healing, you know. And what, what's being shown here is that perhaps another cause of your anxiety, if, you, if you're suffering from it, might be that symbol on your cereal box or something. You know, you might not think of that, but there could be a cording that's going on there. And that can be healed with the Lightworker Healing Protocol. Well, there's no end to this because we've been around a long time. The culture is rich and deep with many symbols and and varied history of things. <clears throat> but we take it for granted. We just accept these things and we come to like them. 
you know, the bald eagle, for example, is a big U.S. symbol used everywhere in government. And that seems to connote strength and power, does it not? But think about the fact it's a predator. (laughs) Where did predators come from? They were brought here by extraterrestrial beings to make us suffer. Yeah. So this, a, this came from an alien world, the bald eagle. I'm sorry. It's a beautiful creature, but I wouldn't want one around my baby. You know, if I'm out in a stroller, you know, driving right. a stroller and sitting in a park, you know, I mean. And consider it's a predator that swoops down from above, too. You know, that there's a sim- symbology there. You know, oh, the government that. is above you, right? So, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting symbol for sure. U.S. creator. We know that the Zodiac is the calendar of the Anunnaki. We also know from ruins ubiquitous in ancient Sumeria and Babylon that symbols were, once again, a ubiquitous presence, as it was as well with ancient Egypt. Is the science of energetic symbology something the Anunnaki wish not to share with most of humanity? All right, and this is what Creator says. They They withheld most of what they knew from humanity. They shared some basics, mostly to facilitate better communication with human beings so they would be understood, and the concepts they wished to see implemented in human activities could be applied for some degree of efficiency in ways needed to serve them as overlords. They were not interested in contributing to human progress, but in order to make them effective servants, they did impart some wisdom about using mechanical devices, language, mathematics, and so on to have the rudiments of better ways to manipulate the environment for providing food and fabricated goods, as well as conducting work projects for construction, food production, and mining operations for raw materials desired by the Anunnaki. Such symbols were used to good effect to create conditioned responses in members of the populace to know where there was an official outpost and where people of prominence were holding forth. Because the symbols were a clear demonstration, they were connected and would be respected by any and all coming into that area. Much as signs serve today, along with symbols in some cases. This provided the beginnings of the deep inner awareness of ancient symbols that continues in human culture today on a subconscious level. Because the memories of living lives in those periods are still in the Akashic records of all who were a part of the human community in those days and subsequent eras when the symbols were still in existence and used again and again by members of the hybrid bloodline, the Nephilim, who continue to be members of the rich and powerful elites who most directly give marching orders to world leaders and corporate heads. You know... I, every now and then I think of the uh, the term tabula rasa, that we're born into this world as a blank slate. And <laughs> this particular channeling definitely shows that we are not tabula rasa. We come in with all kinds of connections that have already been made many, long, long ago. Well, I only hope it doesn't get us arrested. So we'll, we'll see, <laughs> perhaps. It sounds pretty wild. This is a little deeper and darker than I remember. <laughs> yes. U.S. Creator, we know the dark arts are full of symbology. The Book of Solomon, for instance, contains a small catalog of sigils or signature symbols that belong to angelic spirits. These sigils are used by magician practitioners to summon the spirit the sigil represents. 
Is the sigil, in fact, a kind of energetic portal or cording that links directly to the spirit to whom it is said to belong? Okay, now we get into the energetics and the quantum mechanics of symbols. Creator says it is indeed a cording that connects the two and can be used by anyone perceiving the symbol and applying their consciousness to it with an intention to have a closer contact or intercommunication with such beings. It is an intuitive gateway analogous to the internet where the symbols are an icon, much like the homepage of a website one can go to through the web address of the website. In the case of the internet, or focusing on the symbol alone in the case of the intuitive connection through the sigil. That energetic link already is in existence and has typically been utilized again and again and again by many beings for the purpose of making a connection, often for a dark purpose. So this is simply the workings of energy, that consciousness can be used to create such connections. The use of symbols is just a shorthand designation that is a convenient reminder and useful tool that can be recognized readily through a visual representation, much like the numbers on the doors of hotel rooms or house numbers in a residential area. One can make a direct visit in person using that as a guide or interconnect via the post office using that house number to convey a message to the right party as a symbol of that recipient. Oh, that that definitely confirms a suspicion that, you know, the sigil is exactly that. It's an address, essentially, but also a kind of a portal, uh, a, a cording, an connect, energetic connection that can be used to uh, to connect to the energy behind something. Um, it's fascinating stuff, and it's something that probably need to be cautious around as well. Well, we'll learn more about that in the next segment. But we're building the foundation of knowledge here and awareness that... Thoughts matter. Thoughts are things. Your energy matters. What you put into the universe has an impact, and it connects you as you go to things. You are forming cordings to things. So who you hang out with matters. What you read, what you watch on the television, what you listen to connects you to things. And those connections are a gateway for an exchange Yes. And that can lead to consequences if you're not careful. Well, we're, we want to lead you to good consequences, so we invite you to make a connection to GetWisdom.com and check out our healing services. You, we got a, a tab on the menu for healing, and uh, you can engage a practitioner to do a protocol session for you on your behalf, uh, bringing their belief quotient to bear that can bring uh, very profound healing and changes to yourself or to loved ones. Be sure to check that out at GetWisdom.com. We'll be back with more on this discussion right after this. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive lightworker healing protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. 
Our weekly webinars feature the creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking about symbology used in a cult and religious circles as well as in everyday life. Um, there's a lot of meaning to it that uh, we are uncovering here, Carl. Well, and it's it's kind of strange and weird and creepy all at the same time. It sounds wildly improbable, like another conspiracy theory. But this long, rich, deep, deep history exists. There's no question. Yeah. The question is, where do these things come from? Is it totally happenstance? Is it benign? Not always. And yeah. people are using symbols actively in dark ways. So we're going to get into this a little bit more, just as a yeah. warning. Yes. Well, you know, things have changed. You know, bookstores were huge uh, for my life and yours, but now they're kind of going into the background and going out of business <laughs> right and left. But you and me, we go into a big, you know, Barnes and Noble or, or uh, Borders when they were around, and there would be a metaphysics section that would contain interesting books on magic and stuff. And so that, that kind of prompts the next question. Even if not used, how dangerous is it to merely possess the Book of Solomon? This is the question we have for Creator. And these are Creator's words. In the example you cite here with the Book of Solomon, you are referring to the dark books that were created to provide a working handbook of symbolism that can be used for nefarious purposes to comport with dark beings of all kinds, to summon them, and to link to their energies and create various events of a dark nature to happen. As such, the book does hold great danger. It is quite real that one can summon demons and task them to attack an enemy, for example. We do not like advertising their wares, but you are asking for a clear answer here about the dangers. What people who practice the dark arts fail to realize is that when they comport with evil, they are attacking their own soul and its integrity, and that will take a toll on them. It will represent a major setback to their soul's progression. And there will be severe karmic penalties that they will have to pay at some point if they indulge in dark doings of any kind. Such activities are never benign. They always cause some harm, but more harm is always caused to the perpetrator than to the victim. This is the great error made by the criminal or by anyone seeking power over another to gain an unfair advantage done for selfish purposes. Healthy and fair competition can be an incentive to maximize efficiency and overall accomplishments for the betterment of all. But when one gains an unfair advantage by exploiting the weakness of another or cheating in some way to win a contest unfairly and cause someone else harm, 
when the superior outcome is not deserved or earned in a fair fashion, there will be a karmic consequence for the perpetrator of this injustice. This is always so, and karma is a relentless enforcer of these truths. There is no escape other than through divine grace, which also must be earned in some way. So this work holds great danger to anyone seeking to exploit its capabilities. The light holds much greater power than the darkness. To side with the darkness is a tragic error always, because any short-term gains will exact a penalty manyfold greater through the workings of karma. Well, that's an object lesson. You know, I basically stay away from the stuff. <laughs> well, we've been warned, and I work with many clients who are victims of such people, sending curses and hexes and summoning dark spirits to attack people at a distance and on and on and on. And it's very ugly, but those people are digging their own grave, and they're going to suffer greatly through lives in the future of torment being victims themselves and living through what they did to others. This is how karma often works. It's the great leveler. Yes, and we're just exploring how symbols play into that, and we're learning they play a very powerful role. And speaking of a powerful symbol, U.S. creator the swastika was once considered a fairly positive symbol used by cultures all over the world. The Nazis in World War II, of course, ultimately turned it into a symbol of evil. What is the true state of the energy of the swastika today? Can it ever be healed and returned to its former positive meaning and orientation? All right, and this is what Creator tells us. This can be healed and repurposed for positive meanings and purposes. In every case, a symbol has meaning because of the human intention of consciousness applied to it. So if five centuries from now someone doodling draws a swastika as a creative impulse, and decides to use it to represent their family or an organization they have founded, or simply a work of art that has an interesting design and uses it as an aspect in creating something new, that will not draw evil in and in and of itself because there is no link in actuality to past history inherent in the shape of that symbol itself. It is the creator of the symbol in the moment who imparts the energy to its depiction, either as a drawing or a sculpture of some kind. So time heals many things simply through obsolescence. Something with a Nazi swastika on it that is unearthed centuries from now will still be connected to the evil of the consciousness of the era by the proponents of the Third Reich and its evil aims. So there will be an energetic cording to the Akashic records of those who use the particular object in question and whose lives were intertwined energetically as a consequence. So healing is always possible because it only requires dissolving the cording, linking it to prior meaning, and establishing a new connotation from a new conscious intention for the symbol to serve in another capacity. It's, it, this is complex stuff, I think, because even in this, what creator is sharing here, somebody digs up a Nazi artifact with a swastika on it. There's not only the, the swastika itself that could potentially hold the energy, but the object itself is associated as well and can have a, you know, according to it as well. 
it's part of my curiosity was you know, just the symbol itself. If you just sit down and ignorantly draw a swastika, is it going to be automatically connected to that dark history? And, and we're learning here the answer is no, not if it's innocently derived in that fashion. Yeah, absolutely. And as it's pointed out here, this was not a creation of evil. It's the possibility that design has been in existence for a long, long, long periods of time. And I know it was a... a a prominent Native American symbol back in the day. Yes. So it, it is the intention totally that matters with things. Words don't matter. What matters is the intention behind the words. And it's the same with symbols. It's and not the to... depiction in an artwork or a drawing or a sign on a building. It's who put that there and why and who created that symbol and put their intention as a stamp on it. We're going to explore this idea of, of the connection with the symbol um, in the next question. You ask creator, the Catholics do the sign of the cross multiple times in church and even before and after meal prayer. We know that the Anunnaki's home planet, Nibiru, is the planet of the crossing. And the symbol of the cross ultimately is an Anunnaki symbol. Recognizing that the cross itself is an instrument of cruelty, but also a symbol now of Christ's suffering, can Creator share what is truly energetically happening when Catholics perform the sign of the cross? And this is what Creator tells us. What we can say here is that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and the same is true of evil. The two species in question here simply have opposite views of the meaning of the cross. It is no accident that the cross is embraced by many, many churches, and in particular the Catholic Church from its inception. This was actually seen to by the Anunnaki, wanting the glory of their savagery to be prominently displayed by the clerics of the era, to reinforce fear within the congregants who continued to believe in the divine, but had to worship with visible reminders of the extraterrestrial handiwork through inflicting this most cruel form of torture by crucifixion on a divine agent in the form of Jesus Christ, who sacrificed his life in this way to advance the cause of the divine for the salvation of humanity. To this day, they used the cross as a symbol that is very akin to a logo for the extraterrestrial alliance because it is a direct depiction of their handiwork in causing such cruelty. The believers in the divinity on display by Jesus Christ and his life's work, of course, see the cross as a symbol of his noble sacrifice for others in taking the blame and the punishment of the entrenched corrupt regime who opposed his ministry and messages of love and tolerance, and most egregiously convincing people there was a higher power than the empire with official government control politically in those days. So symbols are what one makes of them. When one is a human and religious and has reverence for Jesus Christ, and wants to have a cross in their home as a remembrance of this sacred sacrifice, that cross becomes according to Jesus Christ's energy and to the divine realm, because that is the meaning for that believer. So there is nothing to fear in the cross, per se. 
By the same token, the cross can and has been used by some practitioners of dark arts to take the cross as a symbol and corrupt it with dark intentions, as often seen in depictions of an upside-down cross as a satanic symbol. So this is the creation of an entirely different energetic connection for a person with dark intentions using the very same symbol for dark purposes rather than a celebration of divinity. Again, what matters is not the symbol, but the intention imparted to it by consciousness. It is a kind of energy that we speak of here, and that is why such objects can be energetically charged with the intention of good or evil. That is the purpose for ritual blessing of such objects. Those rituals impart the energetic intention desired and that will be maintained, and the object itself will be connected to the divine and can be used in further ways to impart blessings and connect others and even locations where the cross is placed, to have divine energy present in a kind of vigil, if that is the intention. So this provides a way to use something like a cross as a means of protection, because the believer sets the intention that the cross symbolizes the presence of Jesus Christ, and that location will accordingly be under divine watch and held safe, and it will be acted upon by the divine realm and seen to, if belief is sufficient to support the intention. So one need not worry if there are beings who have a dark connotation for the cross in the same way that almost any object can be used as a weapon. But that does not make it evil unless there is a harmful act in which it is utilized And then the energy of the wrongdoer is transferred into the object through a courting and remains as a kind of stain until it might be cleared through a healing of some kind. People and extraterrestrials as well create many courtings and leave their energy about in the environment as they come and go. Again, a very revealing channeling. You know, the thought that comes to mind is, you know, since we're on a dark topic in many, many ways, you know, is the is the classic movie The Exorcist and the use of the cross as a as as a defensive weapon essentially, and um, can be quite dramatically powerful. And we're seeing basically uh, an endorsement of that. You know, that that the, the cross in that context can be extraordinarily powerful, a divine safe space essentially. Well, and you know, these things are never really deeply understood. People think the power is in the cross. Right. But that is just a physical object. You know, they can come off an assembly line by the thousands and with no thought given to it. It's just a manufacturer making something on order. They may not even be religious, the the actual fabricators. What matters is what you use that symbol for and what energy you put into it with your thoughts and with your heart and the level of belief you hold. So this is why the, cry, the, the cross is not necessarily an uber weapon that can conquer all and no. save you from any kind of difficulty. That will depend on other things. 
the level of your belief in the Almighty, your standing, and your belief in yourself. So there's more involved than just using a symbol as a token of belief within you. It, it is only a starting point. So we're not trying to tear anything down here. We're helping to bring forward the divine perspective about these things. So people truly understand the power is within them as a partner with God. That's where power comes from. And if you use a symbol like a cross to feel close to Jesus Christ and share that divinity, that will help you. It'll help cultivate your faith. It'll help keep you strong. And it can be used as a touchstone and a reminder and buoy you up. Yes. Well, we, we learned that the belief and the intent with, within the person conveying the thought and impression is, is all important. And we learned that, of course, with the Lightworker Healing Protocol, that the belief of the practitioner is all important. And that if the belief of the practitioner is strong enough, they can do a protocol session for somebody who doesn't believe, and their belief will play into the healing for that person. And I think the same dynamics kind of work with the cross example here, obviously. If a, if a practitioner, if a priest or somebody, you know, blesses a cross with strong intention, that can, uh, that can carry a lot of weight. Yes. Well, and it just, the way <clears throat> reality works, there's good and there is evil. And both are present. They come and go. They wax and wane in power and control and prominence and the extent to which they're honored by people in general, who's kind of in charge at the moment, or holding sway, let's put it that way. And the divine has to watch and let us run our world. If we give in to evil, that divinity, the power in our symbols and so on, will begin to lose some, some strength because we're letting our own belief falter a bit. Out of fear, probably. So it's up to us to stand strong. And that's really what it means to maintain that partnership no matter what, knowing you're in the right. You're you're taking the high road. And even if you have a powerful adversary, that's only a temporary dilemma. Yes. Well, we have another temporary dilemma, Carl. We have a break. We'll be right back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. 
You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of Get Wisdom. We are sharing creator's revelations on the meanings and usage of symbology symbology in the occult and religious symbols. Um, Interesting topic, Carl. Well, and it's, it seems kind of esoteric and, you know, kind of a minor issue. But on the other hand, where do you get your knowledge from? Where do you get your information from? Where do you get your beliefs from? Where do you get your emotions in the moment from? There is a kind of backdrop that influences us all the time yes. with these factors, what we see and hear and how we react and to a large extent, we're programmed, we're conditioned, and no one would argue about the latter. So these things can be uh, an important aspect and something to think about and pay attention to. Indeed. You asked, Creator, how can prayer work and the Lightworker Healing Protocol help to protect us from the next from the effects of negative you're, symbolism? You're getting, a, you're getting ahead here. We, we got one more oh. before this. Oh, I'm sorry. If you don't mind. Oh, I, I guess I did. Yep, I went too far. <laughs> Reverse. Okay, yeah. You asked creator, can the healing power of the Lightworker Healing Protocol be infused into a symbol? If so, would flooding the world with the symbol help the cause at all? Even if people didn't know what it meant, much like the way symbols that surround us are used. All right, and this is what creator tells us. A symbol could be devised to represent the Lightworker Healing Protocol, and that could have value in reminding people of its availability and perhaps intriguing newcomers to think of it as something established, something of significance, to warrant a symbol of its own, and so on. And this could serve as a reminder and a unifying depiction of identity for practitioners of the protocol and for potential clients who might seek an experienced practitioner to help them with a serious problem of some kind. And seeing that symbol would be a reassurance that the person is knowledgeable and likely qualified to assist them through its implementation. But the symbol itself would not be able to encompass the entire workings of the protocol itself and implementing it in a way to help people with serious difficulties in the same way the application of the protocol can arrange. The protocol is too complex with its comprehensive ability to address every source of human negativity with specific requests for implementation of a whole series of advanced healing methods to be implemented by the divine realm in various ways to be represented as a symbol alone. To be sure, there will be a courting between the symbol and the originator and practitioners as well who embrace the symbol and connect to it with their thoughts and intentions. But it is too much to expect that a complex series of maneuvers can be conveyed simply through a symbol alone. There will be divine energy as well that it would connect to because it is a divine tool inspired within you as a channeler to bring forth to the world for the loftiest of purposes. But that divine energy would be nonspecific because it is coming to a symbol and not in response to a series of specific human requests for assistance 
that are the workings of the protocol itself as administered by a trained practitioner who knows the intention behind each of the requests to the divine. Without that intention being delivered for each and every step of the protocol, we simply cannot act and would not be able to replicate the whole series of events normally brought about, simply presented with a symbol and a desire for the protocol to be enacted. Still, there is a suggestion that there is a role that could potentially be played here to some some extent with a symbol. You know, a thought occurred to me that one, something to maybe think about or even, even run past creator for more detail would be the idea of, you know, if somebody were to purchase, say, a, you know, get wisdom pendant and a practitioner, you know, had that holding it in the hand and did the protocol completely while holding that, that pendant and then pass that on to the recipient of the protocol, if that would have any value. And it seems like it might. Well, it would connect you to the divine, but arguably in a weak way based on what creator is saying. Yeah. You know, what I'm thinking about while you're speaking is the uh, this old book, uh, with uh, old movie with George Burns, um, Oh God. Yes. Book two, and it's about this little girl who gets to meet God as George Burns, and he invites her to help save the world. Right. And she's supposed to come up with a plan, and she does. So she gets all her friends to write graffiti everywhere they go, like on the inside of steps up a stairway and on park benches, the words, think God. Yeah. Okay. So that's a nice idea if you're, you know, open to the idea of promoting God. So it's a positive thing. It's a reminder. It's an encouragement. And it's uplifting. But it doesn't have any content. Right. Think what about God? Think what with God? You want to call on God for something? What would that be? Sure. What is threatening you? So there's much left out of that simple idea. And that's the point. This is a kid's view of how to save the world. Oh, turn to God. Well, that's just a starting point. And I think that's what a symbol of the Lightworker Healing Protocol would be. It would be just a symbol of that starting point. But it's got to be done. Someone has to actually do oh, it. Absolutely. No, you couldn't just give uh, that to uh, a person that's never had the protocol done for them and expect that it would really do much for them. You know, uh, and even even if the protocol has been done for them, it's certainly you know, it, it's it's not. It's the fact that the protocol was done is ninety nine percent of what's going to happen. You know, U.S. Creator, how can prayer work? and the Lightworker Healing Protocol help to protect us from the effects of negative symbology. All right, and Creator tells us there are many ways prayer and the Lightworker Healing Protocol counteract dark doings. There are many requests within the protocol to deal with high-level energetic attacks. The psychic attacks launched against people to cause harm that are the kinds of energy connecting dark symbols of the cabal with their evil intentions that go out to people seeing them and causing fear within because of the further link to the Akashic records of all that has happened in prior history. Those energetic links can be severed and objects cleansed of the cordings that convey such energies to make them neutral. So a symbol becomes simply a drawing or a sculpture or an object of some manufactured type 
<clears throat> with a particular shape, size, and other characteristics, but no longer carrying the energy of its creation in a body of knowledge and intentions associated with a group or organization. So, in effect, the object becomes neutral energetically. It's no different than taking an object surreptitiously placed on a person's property by a practitioner of the dark arts, which carries a curse energy and may summon dark spirits that represent a hazard to the occupant of the property. The Lightworker Healing Protocol has a number of steps for removing subconscious programming and subliminal influences through energetic means, and this includes the environmental cues, persuasion, influence, and subliminal messaging to impart veiled threats to the subconscious or reminders of dark interconnections that are intended to subjugate the viewer and intimidate. All such dark energies in a person or their environment will be receiving healing intentions to dissolve the courtings and heal the karmic connections giving rise to them. And in the same way, all perpetrators will be given a healing outreach to raise them up and further a process of disengagement so they stand down and free their victims by turning to other agendas and objectives and withdrawing. This is the ultimate goal we wish to see for the divine human, to heal the perpetrators through a divine partnership sufficiently that they will leave simply humanity alone and withdraw. This will end the madness and the unrelenting suffering of each new generation of human that has gone on for thousands of years now since the interlopers first invaded your world. These are the tools through which this lofty and essential goal can be achieved. To engage, you need to develop a partnership with the divine and cultivate any needed belief to strengthen it, to make your entreaties powerful so they are acted on. And you need to know what to request and how to go about it. So there is a clear directive and series of intentions launched the divine can act on. We cannot lead you. Your task is to learn what you need to do and then to do it. We cannot do it for you. It is no different than becoming any other kind of warrior. To fight a conventional war, you need training. You need to learn the tools of the trade, how to be a soldier, how to understand weaponry, tactics, strategies, the many things you need to survive in the field, and how to act in concert with others to be effective as a group, to integrate and focus the collective efforts most effectively for the task at hand. It is no different in doing divine work. One needs to understand how to communicate, have the preparation, the growth and learning, stability, inner strength and conviction, and belief quotient to be supported by the divine. Disbelieve is to move away from us. We cannot fill that gap. It must be filled by you because we can only follow your intentions. That is why you need to act and not be passive and complacent. That serves the darkness. It is what they want to see happen. They want to herd you like sheep. You need not become like the wolves they are, 
but more like the shepherd who has knowledge and mastery in how to persuade and lead others to keep them safe and to empower them to see their needs are met by following the right path and taking maximum advantage of what is at hand they are led to find. We have provided prayer to give you a way to reconnect to us as an answer for the disconnection imposed on you by the extraterrestrials who have corrupted your genetic ability to talk to the divine directly. Inspired your channel to create the Lightworker Healing Protocol as a compilation of refined wisdom and knowledge about healing. So once again, you will have greater awareness of what it is you really need to correct. By understanding their origins, the makeup, and how the divine realm does healing, so you can request the best tools be brought to bear. That will give you an effective divine response equal to the task. You need more than fluffing up and being given some encouraging gestures. You need us to stand with you in facing the greatest of possible enemies in the form of the dark spirit element and the multiple dark extraterrestrial civilizations arrayed against you. You have the wherewithal and you have the tools. The only question is, will you use them? And that, that really is the question. You know, we've learned in this, uh, this episode about symbology and the, the cordings, the, the energetic cordings that actually go with them. And with the Lightworker Healing Protocol, that is the most effective way to sever those cordings and to heal them and transform them. It's almost like a low-hanging fruit, Carl. Well, and it's not hard for the divine to do. This is the frustrating thing about this whole business. You know, this has been the age-old problem. You know, you can lead a horse to water, you can't make them drink. You can put a church on every corner of a community. You can't make people attend a church service, read the Bible or the Quran, and you can't make them pray. So this is voluntary, but we're here to tell you that it matters it what does you matter. choose. Absolutely, and, and we have the tools for you to partake. You can get our prayer book which gives you very powerful prayers given to us straight from the divine on how to bring into life the things, the healing, the prosperity, the, the joy that you're looking for. You can get that at getwisdom.com slash prayer. It's free. Download it right now. Download it today. You can also get our book on ebook on the Lightworker Healing Protocol so you can learn about the protocol and also consider becoming a practitioner yourself. You can get that at getwisdom.com slash LHP. And once again, we're out of time, Carl. Thanks, everybody. See you next All right. week. Be well. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 